Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me tonight... Dan Galinsky, as always, and Robbie DePola making his Cavalier Central debut. Um, another writer over at King James Gospel. Robbie, how you doing, man? Good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, how's your night going, man? Uh, going pretty solid. Kind of, kind of getting brutalized in fantasy a little bit, but that's all right. Fantasy football? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to touch on our league, Robbie, but um, that... I, I kind of went all in last season on that, but uh, I'll I'll make the adjustment. There you go. I have a fantasy basketball draft tonight, so wish me luck on that. I have not done any preparations for it, but we'll be all right. Oh, we'll be all you're, right. You're in for quite a treat there, I guess. Sarcasm, yeah. but <laughs> I'll be all right. We'll we'll get through. But um, anyway, got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. The uh, preseason games are now over. Um, some news coming from that, some transactions that happened today. Um, obviously, we'll recap the preseason finale and then some other stuff to get into it. We'll get there when we get there. But we will start with the recap of the final game. The Cavaliers lost to the Knicks 119-83 to in this preseason finale. Um, me and Robbie were not able to watch this game due to um, restrictions from certain TV providers. Um <laughs> We won't get into all of that. YouTube, TV, Hulu, figure something out. But um, anyway, we got Dan in here. Dan watched the game, and we can still give some other takes. We got stats in here, so we'll just kind of go down the list. Um, Dan, just watching the game, obviously this was a really, really rough one. Um, how did the Cavs look? Um, how did the Knicks look? What happened? Well, uh, it was, to me, it's it was pretty much that... Um, the Cavs just interior defense was it was just a train wreck and uh, offensively there wasn't a whole lot of uh, kind of stuff in the interior for them. Um, the, the Knicks are, are they just had so many guys out: Kevin Love, um, Nance, Drummond, uh, whole nine yards. Exum wasn't in there. Um, Porter had uh, still the personal um, kind of getting through that. Um, it, it, they just the offense was uh, there was some some movement here and there. I thought Windler um, had some nice cuts, but it, it was just a lot of the uh, turnover issues. Uh, Isaac Okoro had his by far um, rough outing kind of, uh, which is probably good for him to kind of just have that moment a little bit. Um, Get out of the way. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, I actually thought Garland, I liked kind of the pace he played at in the scoring sense. Just it's it's unbelievable. It seems like there's so many chances where his shot looks like it's going to go down. He had some rim outs in there. But Colin Sexton looked rusty in his first game. But um, this one, I, I don't really take a whole lot from it. It was nice to see Dean Wade um, knock some shots down with confidence, though. Yeah, well, we'll get into some of the players now. Um, obviously, like you said, no Love, no Drummond, no Kevin Porter Jr., no Nance, no Dante Axum, no Matthew Dalvadova. So the Cavaliers were short again in this game. We did see some debuts, though, in this game. Three of them. We will start with Colin Sexton, who had 21 minutes, six points, four assists. Dan, how did he look in this game? And, you know, it seemed like he... 
from highlights that I've seen and just kind of recaps that I've seen, had a rough game. I mean, obviously that's to be expected. It's his first one of the year. Um, coming off the layoff, coming off of a minor minor injury. You know, what did he do well? What didn't he do well? What What are some thoughts? Well, as a scorer, he had he had some issues. Um, went two of eleven from the field. Uh, in those 21 minutes, uh, got to the line just basically once. Uh, I, I think it was I think it was one time, like two of two, I think. Um, but it, it was good to see him hit some passes here and there. I thought made a couple nice ball swings. Um, did have three turnovers, but it, you're going to have that um, coming out off the long layoff and. Uh, has kind of been a little bit, it seems like, limited in training camp based on reports. So uh, just didn't – he said, uh, I think it was Fedor kind of transcribed it, that he couldn't get into a rhythm at all, um, had, wasn't able to practice much as of late, uh, had four fouls. But I, I thought he – yeah, he just looked rusty, but I, I don't take a whole lot from it. It was nice to see him have four assists, though. One thing that we've kind of heard, or at least that I've seen a lot on Twitter, is people, again, overreacting, already overreacting to one kind of sub-quality, subpar game from Colin um, being the first one to Robbie, how, how do you feel about where Colin Sexton is at? You know, kind of ignoring this game, because I don't think that there's anything you really have to take away from it, but just what is his role on this team right now? What do you see it being this year? What do you think is the best role for him long term? Yeah, um... Like you guys said, I don't think you can take a whole lot away from this game. It's his first time playing in a game in, what, like nine months or so? So it was to be expected that he probably wasn't going to play his best. Um, I mean, of course, people who don't see him as a fit here are going to say, oh, this is what we're going to get, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's his first time playing. He'll improve for sure. Um he probably has to be like he was last year. I think he's got to be that guy who's the leading scorer on the team. I mean, toward the final part of the season last year before it got shut down, I mean, he was putting up pretty good stats. Um, his efficiency was improving. His passing was improving. Um, and, I mean, we saw those videos this I mean, th- this whole summer during the lockdown. He was in the gym putting in the work. He knows he has to improve in some spots, and uh, I mean, I think he will. Obviously, at the beginning, it's going to be a little rough. It's going to be a a little rough for a lot of guys, but I can only see him improving off of what he did in this last game, and I mean, I I can't help but think he's going to improve in scoring, in assisting. Um, I think he's really set to go for a big year but he'll just it'll just take him a little while to uh get to that i'm 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 in agreement there um like we said it's it's still very very early um anybody who you know did watch the game and you know just saw the issues that colin had please relax please calm down it's okay um yes like maybe the, the small guards on defense still won't look great this year that's okay we have time to figure this out uh, we'll, we'll move on here to, we, we kind of talked about how Okoro, this was easily his worst game of the preseason, um, had basically two points, two rebounds, two assists. We, again, we know he had a rough game. Jetty, on the other hand, did put up 19 points. Um, this was coming off after um, his preseason debut in the first game, in which he dropped, I believe, was it 24? But, um... Didn't play the two games in between, but in the two games that he did play, it looks like he can score the ball. He's shooting the ball well. Um, that first game he got to the line a ton. Uh, Robbie, after the preseason games now, now that they have been concluded, where are you at on the starting small forward race? Um, obviously, it was reported that, you know, originally Windler, Jetty, and Okoro were going to be the three guys who were competing for the spot. Now that we are past the preseason, what is your take on who should be the starting small forward opening night? Yeah, I mean, I think Windler, I think he needs a little more time. I think him coming off the bench will probably help him, at, at least at the start of this season. So that leaves uh, Okoro. I, I mean, he's looked really good. He's going to have those, I mean, you saw it in that last game. He he didn't play his best, but, I mean, he showed us quite a bit over those four 
preseason. I mean, he, he looked he looked a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. But I think what you're going to see, at least I think, is you're going to see Osmond uh, get that. Uh, he's going to get that starting role, I think, at least to start, just because he's been in that system, and you're going to give the rookie time and he's not going to feel like he has to do this he has to do that and I mean when he plays uh, he looks good um, but I think you're gonna see these guys all push each other to improve and I think that's only going to help whoever starts there whether it be the rookie whether it be Windler Osmond whoever I think you're going to see improved play just because they know that spot isn't really going to be it's not locked down, so I think you're going to see improved play from whoever starts there. Dan, obviously we've been seeing you know Jetty showing this ability through, again, only two games, but the ability to score. Um, what areas of the game have you seen improvement with, with Jetty? Um, do you think that they are sustainable, and where are you at with this whole starting small forward race? Yeah, Jetty's look sharp. Um, I, I think it was John Michael, um, the, one of the Cavs play-by-play guys, said he'd been playing a lot of basketball um, in Turkey so, over the quarantine period. So uh, I just, it, it was good to see him look sharp as a shooter. I, I thought there was, he's you see flashes of him being able to shoot off movement at times. Seems to see the floor well uh, as a passer. At least makes like the next pass, uh, makes extra passes, kind of one more pass as well. He's always done that. Um, it was it, we've seen him change pace some um, as a scorer on the ball, but again, I just I don't read much into preseason with Jetty just because we've we've seen outings like this before from him. Um, it, it almost seems like as though early on in games there often that we'd often see Jetty kind of look engaged and show kind of on ball kind of aggression. And, and but last year I think he had like 1.4 free throws attempts a game. We we just don't see it enough. I think that needs to be more of a point of emphasis for him. Just and the other problem is I just don't see against starting level players. We don't see him really separate from guys on the ball without a screen and um even when he gets screens always seems to be a little bit unsure of himself uh, against starting caliber wings uh it doesn't really initiate contact all that well at least just game to game we don't see it enough and i i like what i've seen from him but defensively there's still again a lot of issues with him uh, lost Kevin Knox at times. I, I'm not going to blame him. The Cavs just didn't have – they had so many guys inactive. There were a lot of guys not playing – that hadn't played with each other. But I just I, – I, for Jetty, it just seems like – I would probably today guess that he would start at the beginning of the season. But Okoro is going to – and or Windler will eat into those minutes uh, a fair amount. We just – I just don't see – Jetty game to game, I just I, I question the ability to create off the bounce. That's the problem. I'm there too. I think that Jetty is probably. I think, obviously, you know, we got what we hoped we would get from Okoro in this off season, or off season preseason. You know, yeah, probably I, I more. He's, more. He's definitely knocked it out of the park. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, I, I do still think that the opening day role, I've thought this pretty much the whole time, will go to Jetty. Uh, Isaac will probably play big minutes off the bench, but come off of the bench. And like you said, I think him and Winlet will probably kind of eat into those minutes as the year goes on. And I don't think it'll be too long until Okoro flips it ahead of him and is in the starting lineup. But to, to start the year, I don't see a problem with, with starting Jetty. And... We'll see how long this hot shooting streak lasts. I mean, if this is something, I guess I don't, I don't expect this to be something that keeps going. But if he shows, you know, real strides as a shooter this year, then all the better. And I think you got to, you got to make sure that you find that out before, you know, really de- decreasing his his minute load. So moving on, um, Darius had kind of a quiet game here, um, eight points, head. Only two turnovers in this game, which I thought was kind of a positive. You know, someone who has been a little bit reckless, a little bit careless with the ball, 
throughout the preseason. Dan, how did he look? Just another kind of kind of the same, or was there anything that really stood out in this game? I thought he looked kind of manipulated pick and rolls better. I thought on the ball. I thought there are just a couple. He seems to really um, have like a nice, really a lot of polish with his floater game. Really, just there were a couple times where he, I thought he shot dead balls. They just kind of rattled out. But you've you kind of hit on this a couple pods ago. Um, you just like to see Darius. Um, he does look stronger, honestly. I, I think his defense. I mean, the last game it was it wasn't great, but I, I think that's really looked good, especially off the ball. It just seems to be taking better angles, and I, I think his improved upper body strength has shown in that way. But uh, I don't, there were a couple rim outs there, but. Uh, as a passer, just I think a lot of it was he was playing with guys that he hasn't played with all that often um, in stretches there, but uh, not a whole lot to take away from this one, I don't think. But there were some issues with a little bit with Emmanuel quickly in that one uh, on the ball, but we're going to have a lot of it just seems to have been um, in a general sense like for other guys just rust. Yeah. We'll move on to JaVale McGee here, who in his preseason debut played 12 and a half minutes, had two points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. Um, I think this, you know, at least from the numbers, looked like, you know, kind of what I expected to kind of see from him. Obviously, it was in very limited minutes, but just kind of, you know, quality, you know, production. I, I expect him to be a serviceable backup center, obviously. Again, I, I didn't watch the game yet, so I, I haven't actually seen him play in the Cavaliers uniform yet. But um, overall, just... Robbie, I want to get to you on this one. What are your overall thoughts of having a guy like JaVale McGee? Someone who... Um, bigger staff said he has heard from other coaches that you know he's been labeled as a guy in the past who is a, a joy to have, a, jo- a joy to coach... Um, and a guy who can just teach young guys how to win. What type of impact do you think JaVale McGee will have throughout the season? Yeah, I think having someone like him on this team who just is, uh, I mean, what was it, like less than three months ago, he was winning with the Lakers, and now he's here. So for him to be able to embrace that role I mean, he's literally going from the top of the league to the bottom of the league. So a lot of guys might not have that. He, they, they all might not be happy with that role, but it's exciting to hear him embrace that role of wanting to help these guys, wanting to help the team get better, because he is going to be a guy a lot of these players lean on for advice because he's been around the league and he's seen pretty much everything there is to see with this league. So having someone on the team like that, um, that can also play too, is very helpful. And I think it's what this team really needs. They have those young. They have the. They have the people that are going to be there for the long term. And though he may not be there the long term, he can help them get to that next level to where they can get to be maybe scratching the surface of getting the seven seed the and becoming a team that can actually win some games and be pretty competitive. So overall, I'm excited to hear how he's looking at this situation and kind of making it into one that will work for him and uh, the, the people that he will be on the floor with. So overall, I'm very excited about it, that. Dan, how did he look in his debut? I would just say a lot of it was it looked like a guy that hasn't played with um, got other guys in the Cavs much. Um, there were a couple miscommunications at times, but you could just see – um, defensively, he, he does cover a lot of a lot of ground. I think honestly, he's I, I mean he's not a guy that's switchable uh, per se, but I just think he seems to use his length um, kind of more like more so than Drummond. Um, he plays with verticality better, it seems um, to me. And he's a big body in there. It made a nice pass to Dylan Windler on kind of a give and go deal. Um, I, I think that that little. Uh, duo and or maybe with 
Um, Damian Dotson, with how those two guys cut so well, I think those are two guys that really will mesh well with him. Um, I, I didn't think he – it wasn't particularly notable, but he wasn't bad. And um, I don't know. I, it was just – he's just trying to get acclimated more. There's, there's, again, not much to take away from that. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. That's it for the starters. Looking down the bench, uh, Dean Wade is one guy who kind of stands out there. You mentioned him earlier. Um, uh, give us your, your Dean Wade take on this game. Obviously, 14 points. Um, seems to continue to be shooting the ball well. Uh, where are you at with him? How did he look in this game? He looked like a guy that might have more confidence if, say, he is in the mix there. Um, it could be a guy that they maybe keep going into next season. Uh, it seems to be that way. He's, he's um, appeared to have helped his case, you would think, um, which has been good to see because when he did get time with the Cavs last year, again, there was there was more so spot minutes, but just didn't really seem to shoot it with confidence. Uh, this this preseason, when he's had the opportunities, has, has seemed to do so. Uh, that showed here, and it wasn't – I don't think it was really just garbage. I, I think he – had a couple, um, had one spot up. I think the other one was like a pick and pop um, that he hit from three. Uh, the key with with Wade is just playing with confidence. I, I'd like to see him, uh, at least when he gets time with the Cavs, kind of just give him, give him a couple reps more in like the mid post, allow him to kind of just rise up over maybe smaller guys. So they don't seem to really get him in cross matching. I'd like to see that a little bit. But I, I thought he played pretty well. He was pretty active. Um, defensively, he's, uh, I don't know, it, it's its not a guy, I mean, he's had injury issues, um, had foot issues in college, but uh, he's hes a pretty athletic big in terms of uh, kind of slides his feet fairly well, at least for a, a guy that would be out there in spot minutes, at least um, gives effort there. He seems to have pretty good positional feel, but um, it was, again, with him, this, the, the swing skill is definitely going to be the shooting. Robbie, what has been your general thoughts on, um, on just on Dean Wade's development and his progress, and you know the, the leap that he's taken coming into this preseason? Because he definitely is looking better than he did. Yeah, and I think that's just he's had a lot of time to work. Although they couldn't be together as a team, um, just he looks like a guy who last year he didn't get really that whole I mean he didn't get a ton of time up here so it's hard to establish a role when you don't have you're not you're playing spots like you're playing here then you're not playing for a few nights and you're playing again so I'd like to see him get a more probably like a more consistent role on this team hopefully he can get that uh, shooting stroke down he looks uh, he looks a lot more improved he's I hope he can shoot the ball better. He, um, but overall, he's a guy who I think can have a role on this team. Um, as a, I mean, he's a big guy. I think he's six nine, so he's a guy that can. Uh, he he's a guy who can shoot from the anywhere on the floor. He can space the floor. Um, so overall, I'm looking forward to seeing how he improves this uh, this second season because uh, I think he has a real shot to if they if they can give him some uh, real consistent minutes out there on the floor 
Dan, another kind of, at least it seems like, rough shooting night for Dylan Windler. Um, another night where he struggled from three, went over two, had two points total. Um, how, how did Dylan Windler look? I know you're the kind of the storyline from Dylan this offseason, or this, this preseason, I keep saying offseason, but this preseason has been, you know, struggling to hit his shots but doing everything else right. Um, has this game kind of been more of the same? Was there anything that stood out to you in particular there? Well, he struggled a little bit. Uh, it, defensively, there just seemed to be some mis- miscues a little bit um, off the ball. But it wasn't really like a, a huge – I don't really blame him a ton for it. Um, it. It's just there's not much to take away with this one. I thought there were a couple times where he made nice cuts and we just didn't hit him. It was the same way with Okoro. Um, but it, not a whole lot to take away. Just seemed a little bit frustrated. I think he had a couple – rough turnovers but uh there was one play when he kind of dove on the ground um initially got it taken away by mitchell robinson or something and then went on the ground and and got it back and it was a nice hustle play but you hold your breath just given that there was that um potential scare uh it looked like in the game before so um he just seems to be a guy that just generally makes those around him better knows how to knows where the space is doesn't doesn't also doesn't overcut slash over move um just always seems to be in the right spots um by and large defensively i think he's not the most long but he uses his length pretty well um i think he has like a 610 wingspan so it's not it's not that he doesn't have length at all but um i I just think for him uh contesting shots uh getting around screens um navigating through those to use his length but not overextend is is going to be a little bit of an adjustment but i I thought for him it wasn't all on him it was just uh, the Knicks just had way more length on the floor than the Cavs did in this particular instance just because they had so many guys out we, we do have one more debut from this game. Charles Matthews played his first game as a Cleveland Cavalier, uh, had seven points, seven rebounds. How did Charles look? Well, he's he's a guy that's – he did it at Michigan. He's a guy that's at his best when he's getting downhill. Um, did that some here. Um, he's, he's a good rebounding guard too. Um, that kind of showed. I think he had like three offensive boards. Um and I just think with him, it's it's basically about getting downhill, getting to the line. Not much of a shooter, really. Um, but he's a guy that's gonna get into people when he's playing defense. Um, just is a, a gritty player. He, he might have an NBA future down the road. Just just from tenacity, um, getting up into guys. I just think he's somebody that it shows is gonna be. It's going to be gritty. Um, when he's out there, he's going to he's going to force the issue a little bit, and he's going to get to the free throw line. So um, that, that was good to see him do that. Well, he was waived today um, after this game. We'll get into him a little bit more later. We'll get when we get into all the transactions. But looking at the rest of the bench, uh, Damian Dotson seven points, three rebounds. Uh, Marcus Bolden six points, four rebounds. Matt Mooney three points, four assists, two seals. Levi Randolph, five points, four rebounds, three assists. Lamar Stevens, two points, two rebounds, one assist. And Thonmaker, ten minutes, period. Uh, didn't seem to do anything else there. But um, a- anyone else that stood out? Any any uh, a- Anything else that stood out from this game, Dan? Uh, it's tough to say. I would say you can understand why the Cavs um, signed Bolden or, or converted Bolden to a two-way um, just because he's he's not a guy that you're gonna ever like run offense for or through, but um, consistently plays big, uh, just has a nose nose for the ball. It seems um, defensively, I think he had a couple blocks. He, he is another guy that plays vertical when he when he's out there. He's he's gonna make some things happen. Very good screener. Um, he's six eleven and plays like it. And I, I just I. I wouldn't say I was necessarily like really impressed from him, but he's he's a guy that just knows how to play. He's, um, I, I can understand what they saw for maybe like a developmental slash a depth piece there. Yeah, uh, we did kind of mention Thon Maker having a quiet night, but overall, I thought he's had a very solid preseason. Robbie, what have been your thoughts of Thon Maker in a Cavalier uniform? Obviously, you know he's had some good moments and some some not so good. 
But what are your general thoughts here? Right, yeah, like you said, he's had some really good minutes out there. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that can be with that second unit, and he can provide some good play both on both sides of the floor. Uh, he, he, I mean, we all know his story. He's a lottery pick, didn't really live up to the hype, um, but he's a guy who I think can still have a solid NBA role on this team. Uh, he can do a lot. He can shoot. He can defend. He can rebound, and with the losses the Cavs suffered up front and with the amount of players they have hurt up front, he's a guy that I would feel okay having on the floor that he's going to be able to at least hold his he can hold his spots. He can put the ball in the hoop. Uh, he's not going to hurt the team, I, I, I don't think. He's not a guy who I would rely on heavily, but he's a guy who I think can probably play 15 or so minutes a night, maybe 20 minutes a night, and have a really consistent role, maybe score 8 to 10 points, and just be a consistent threat on not only uh, – on he can do it on the offensive side as well as the defensive side of the floor. So overall, I'm uh, looking forward to see what he can do. Hopefully he can provide the Cavs with some good uh, play out there on the floor this season. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's not finalized that he's going to make the roster yet, but I think at this point I expect him to. Um, Dan, Thonmaker's making the roster at this point, right? I don't think they would have kept him past today if that wasn't the plan. Yeah, you would think. Um, I, I, honestly, I would just for how Love and Nance are banged up. Um, it, I would think that him and Wade both uh, will at least go into the season. Um, I, I would imagine on the roster, um, and they can always just wave somebody later on if as those guys get healthier, maybe in like later on next week, but. Um, yeah, with with Maker, you know what you're gonna get to an extent. It's it's more so for the defense. At least um, he's a guy that's all he's gonna foul a lot just because he's so so thin. But he's I, I, I don't know. I like he plays at least with some physicality. He's not gonna just give up easy buckets. I, for a guy that you can maybe throw out there, maybe 10, 12 minutes, he he can give you some energy. He runs the floor well, so. I, don't know, I think it's a guy that I, I just point to more so jumbo lineups with McGee out there for a bit and or Drummond. Um, I just everybody says that it's it's more so a five. I just I, with him, I don't know how how much you can really play him at the five exclusively just because um, I don't know. It's not really like a, a huge rolling presence just because he's he's thinner. Um, but he can give you some energy. Generally, is going to be active on the offensive glass. Um, does have length, so it's it's a, a logical move. They were to bring him on. It seems like they will. One more thing I do just want to note before we get into something else here is um, obviously Kevin Porter Jr. has missed the entire preseason. Uh, he missed the game. This, this final game that we're wrapping up now. But I do just want to note that the firearm and mar- marijuana charges that he had from that accident a while ago, the charges from that were all dropped. Um, just a little bit of positive news for Kevin Porter. Good to hear that. Um, like I said, you know, he still has been out with personal reasons, um, but hopefully we can see him see him out there soon. And just good to get a little bit of personal news from him. Uh that's that's all for the recap for now, but uh, before we get into everything else right now, have a quick word from the sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. Basketball is back, and it is the perfect time to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under. Based on its likelihood to occur, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. 
Download the Thrive Fantasy app or visit thrivefantasy.com today to get started. Use the promo mode, the promo code KLOVE, that is K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Moving on here, we got some other stuff to get into. Uh, Mike Schmitz, an analyst, was talking about Isaac Okoro just after his preseason performance, which again, I think we can all agree was a huge success. Obviously had a fantastic preseason, despite you know the quiet game at the end, that's okay. But he called Isaac Okoro one of the most complete rookies in this class. And with this newfound jump shot that it seems like he has, a dark horse to win Rookie of the Year. Um, we've already talked about, you know, a little bit about Rookie of the Year on here. But just looking at the most complete rookies, like the, the guys who have the most complete games right now. Um, Robbie, we can start with you on this one. What rookies have a more complete game than Isaac Okoro right now, if any? Yeah, that's a tough question uh, because when we were – Looking at these players coming in, we knew it was the top three. We knew it. We didn't know what it would be, but we knew we had a pretty good idea of what one, two, and three would be. And for the most part, it was because they were good on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, with Wiseman, um, he's obviously a seven-footer who can provide some pop on the defensive side, but... um, yeah, and the knock on O'Carroll was obviously you knew he could do it on the defensive side, but it was can he do it offensively? And, I mean, it's a very small and limited sample size through these first four games, but you got to think that if he can find a shot and score maybe 12 to 14 points a game, and along with what he does on the defensive side of the ball, I mean – it's hard to name a player in the who can who is a complete player in this with all these rookies, and so I, I would have to think at least from what we've seen, and that's all we can really say for now. But he's got to be at least in the top five to win rookie of the year, just because if he can do it on the defensive side of the ball and score, I mean, the one knock on him is that is that he couldn't really score consistently. And if he checks that box, I mean, he's got to be in the running, at least I think. I Yeah. Um, coming into this this preseason, uh, I didn't really view Isaac as a serious Rookie of the Year candidate just because I kind of thought that he was going to be one of those, you know, impactful but like a silent impactful players. I didn't think the jump shot was going to look as good as it has. Obviously, it's looked great. But, um, yeah, after – you know, coming into the draft, you know, I, I was real. I was high on Okoro for a reason. He was my number one, you know, got target for the Cavs for a reason, because obviously we know what he can provide on the defensive end. But I, you know, viewed him as somebody who had a complete game. Um, outside of the jump shot, I saw him as someone who could do pretty much everything else well on the the offensive end. Uh, not an elite handle, but a fine one. Uh, you know, someone who can move the ball well is not gonna, you know make bad decisions with the basketball in his hand knows where to knows where to be on both ends of the ball so I, you know just adding a jump shot i mean you look at you know just looking at the top 3 picks in this draft um obviously anthony edwards has flaws uh, i think that's well documented at this point he's kind of shown it in the preseason to where you know I, I would not call him the most complete player um james wiseman you have a case there we haven't seen him a bunch obviously you know, we'll have to see how his shot looks. I don't think his shot, just watching it, it takes so long to even get off from three. So I, I don't think that that's something that's going to be, you know, really in the card for him, at least not in season one. And LaMelo, I have, obviously LaMelo has been a super duper fun player, but I have scoring concerns for him and I have concerns in the defensive end for him as well. So you know, Patrick Williams, I will say, at number four is looking like the right pick for the Bulls. Um, he has really exceeded my expectations for what he was going to be overall. I won't get too deep into him. But, Dan, where are you at on where, where Okoro ranks on this list? Yeah, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, does a number of things well. Um, it seems like pretty much everything but the shot. 
uh, is there's I think he'll of the rookies in this class. I'm not saying he's going to have the best career, but I think he'll um, could impact winning the the earliest. I guess I could say uh, at least from his impact alone, um, the Warriors are in a better. Uh, kind of spot you would think um in teams like the Cavs just because of Steph in there but uh it, yeah I just think with Okoro he's looked very good uh I just think he's kind of reiterated from what we thought he would be on the defensive end uh just whenever he's in there it seems like he makes things happen he uh, the ball pressure he's put on opposing ball handlers really has, has shown uh, a ton. And I, I think with him and or Williams, I think that they could be dark horses, sure. But I, I just think with the amount of usage Lamelo and or just opportunities for Lamelo, I just think he's the clear favorite from a rookie of the year standpoint. He's, he's flashy. He's going to... Um, get up and down a lot with the Hornets. So I, I just think that's pretty clear to me. Whether or not he'll be able to shoot consistently from on jumpers, I, I don't think it really matters much. I think he's clearly the guy, and maybe Obi Toppin is in there. And he, he's, he looked good in the games against the Cavs, sure. But I just think with... Uh, with Lamelo and, and they have some pieces around him, I think that's clearly the rookie of the year guy just kind of tailor-made for it yeah i think rookie of the year is definitely going to be a lamello um a rookie of the year is one of one of the weirder awards as far as you know who gets it yeah there's there's not much to really read into it a lot of the time no all all the media people are going to fall in love with lamello and as long as he plays enough games that'll be that i think yeah he's going to be that guy who's going to get that award just because he has the last name and he'll get a lot of minutes and he'll be on all the ESPN sports centers and yeah. all that. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, who's going to – I mean, let's be honest. Outside of the people who actually watch – I mean, there's not going to be anyone really watching on a night-to-night what this team does. It's, um, it's a fact. And, yeah, just from that standpoint, I don't think he can win the award just because I don't think he'll get the attention someone like Lamella will get. Yeah, I, I think exactly. It, it's just people are gonna fall in love with Lamelo's game because it's flashy, and it, it's Lamelo's a fun player to watch, and I completely understand it. I just think that's just gonna be the guy on people's minds, and that's just who it's gonna ultimately be. But yeah, yeah no doubt. Moving on, um, a flurry of of transactions all over the league today. The Cavaliers were no exception. Uh, now that you know preseason games are largely wrapped up for at least a, a lot of teams. A lot of waivers happening. Um, like I said, the Cavaliers, no exception here. The Cavaliers waived, like we said earlier, Charles Matthews, Levi Randolph, and two-way player Matt Mooney. Um, Matt Mooney, I was not surprised by at all. Marquise Bolden, who was on an Exhibit 10, will be elevated to that two-way spot that Matt Mooney once had. Um, Charles Matthews and Levi Randolph, I should also note, had Exhibit 10 contracts so they will be back. Basically what that means is if a player who is on a Exhibit 10 contract is waived, he has a $50,000 incentive to go to that team's G League team. So it's basically just a way to keep guys around in your system. So we should still see Charles Matthews in with the charge. We should still see Levi Randolph in with the charge. Um, Matt Mooney, I don't expect him to be back around. I think he'll he'll latch on either overseas or maybe with a G League team somewhere. We'll have to see there. But um, Marquise Bolden, I'm a huge fan of. I've been you know vocal about that on this podcast. I, I'm thrilled that he got the two way spot. I thought he was the guy who should have gotten it um, after waving Matt Mooney. Before waving Matt Mooney, I thought he should have been the guy there. Um, Robbie, have you seen anything positive from Matt Mooney that shows you that he's actually a basketball player? I mean, he is a basketball player. He'd, he'd probably do some work against us, but... Uh, You're probably right. I shouldn't say that. Um, but. but in terms of being a fit long-term or on any team, no, probably not. He seemed to... Uh, I, I think they've gotten from him about all they can, but, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of 
opportunities for him to play, whether it be somewhere here or even overseas. There is definitely a spot for him, but I, I, I just don't think he finds a way back on this team uh, unless they get hurt at a and they need some guy to fill in for maybe a 10-day, but that that's pretty much it. Dan, are you sad to see Matt Mooney go? I already know the answer to this question, but go ahead and answer. Uh, well, are you gonna get? You might have to get his. You're gonna have to snag his jersey up right now. That's that's about all I can well, say. We're, we're, I, you we'll might have to see able, what the markdown price is. It might be at Marshall's in in a couple weeks though. But <laughs> I, no, I'm I'm not at all sad about it. Yeah, uh, maybe he'll be. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's. Uh, I've made my opinions known about Matt Mooney. We don't have to get into that. Robbie, if you didn't already know, I bought Nantes' jersey after he signed in Maccabee Tel Aviv. I got it for $28, so that's that's why that came up. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no real surprises here. Again, we expected Charles Matthews to be waived. That was always the plan. Um, he'll be in the G League to continue to develop with the charge. Um, Levi Randolph, I guess, had an outside shot. Uh, if he really, really you know, outperformed his expectations... Um, you know, another guy who, like I've said in the past, a quality veteran to have at, on a G League team like that. You know, just someone who's been around and who can, who can help out young guys on on their own path. So, we'll have those guys around still. That's no no big surprise. Um, we already talked a little bit about Marquise Bolden and, you know, what he's done to deserve that. Like I said, I I think he completely did. So happy to see that. The Cavaliers, now that they had some open roster spots, did make one more signing today. They signed center Norvell Pell to a camp deal. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah, Norvell Pell. How about that? But um, 27-year-old center was with Philly last season. Um, the, like I said, the Cavs have him on a camp deal. Expect the same thing with him. He's, he's going to be waived. He's probably on an Exhibit 10. So he will be with the Canton Charge this season as well. Uh, 6'10", 230, you know, decent size there. Um, you know, he, he the reason he's in the league is for what he can bring on defense. Um, has I, I, I'll use potential lightly because he is 27 years old, but um, has potential to, you know, be a real rim protector at some point. Um, it, again, that has to come quick because he doesn't have a lot of time left. But um, on offense, he's not going to be anything more than a lob threat. Uh, no real tools on that end. But, you know, a, a defensive quote-unquote prospect. Um, Dan, how do you feel about the addition of Norvell Pell? Yeah, defensively, yeah, there's some rotational rim protection there. Um, that's that's mainly what he brings. Decent, def- solid defensive rebounder. Um, has pretty good instincts there. But I just, I yeah, this, I don't know. This is just like a dot 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 transaction not not a whole lot else other than that but i guess uh welcome to canton norvell i, I well i guess it'd be a g league bubble but cleveland sure. and canton and atlanta yeah where the g league bubble yeah. is gonna be so yeah so yeah i guess just planes trains and automobiles for him from here but uh yeah, I guess it's it's a signing. That's about all I can say. Is he even going to report to Cleveland at any point? Like uh, the games I, are over. Like I, I, I'm just wondering how long it is till they waive him, and then you know he goes to the G League. That, that's well, the only reason you do something Fedor like this. Said that but, he's getting waived like later this evening, like when that oh, really? report was. Okay. So so I guess so probably uh, not going to report to Cleveland. Just get ready to go to the G League bubble. Yeah, I guess he might as well get his. He's got to get his uh, galley boy in. Pretty soon, though, because because of that. Yeah, Robbie, you like the the Norvell signing? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much hit on it. It's a signing. It's another guy who can give the Cavs or give if they need him because players get hurt. He can play eight to ten minutes and be okay, but at 27, and I I think he's probably hit where... I I don't think he can really improve on where he is as a player. So, I mean, it's... It is what it is at this point. I I don't see him getting time on... uh, Unless, like I said, there's a guy who gets hurt and he needs... They need a guy to fill in for 8 to 10 minutes. But, yeah, it's a signing. Kind of like what you guys already said. It's not... uh, It's not not Costa Kufis, though, so... It's not 
you know, I'm a little bit disappointed. Like, why couldn't we have done this with Costa Kufis? I, I want Costa Kufis on the in, in the on the Cavs. Come on now. At that point, uh, I, I mean, it's it's probably a fair point. I don't really want Costa Kufis anywhere in <laughs> the vicinity, but maybe as a, maybe as a scout. But yeah, I this this signing is. I mean, not much to say. <laughs> I, I think there is an avenue to actually seeing. Norvell Pell play minutes on this team. Um, and I especially, guess maybe it's maybe for COVID depth. I that's, guess that's what I'm thinking. Is in a in a year like this, you know, if you if a guy like Andre Drummond or Kevin Love or Larry Nance or whoever Thonmaker, Javale McGee, any of those guys, if we see more than one of them either out with a long term injury or out because they have to quarantine due to COVID or exposure to COVID. I guess Norvell Pell is a guy who would be fine to, you know, sign to a couple 10 days just to keep the Cavs afloat and have somebody who can play the center position. So, you know, it makes sense from that perspective. I don't think it's meant to be anything more than that. Um, (laughs) Like you say, it's not anything to celebrate, but it's, it's not. I I, kind of see what the Cavs are doing here. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it, you know. Happy for, for Norvell to get an opportunity somewhere, you know. Happy to see guys succeed. So, I say that after kind of being mean to Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney, no disrespect, man. Just, you, you didn't have a very good preseason. But, um... <laughs> <sighs> we'll move on to our last little segment here. Um, the Athletic put out an article, uh, either today or yesterday, but recently. Basically, an insider's poll. I'm not sure who these insiders are, but... Insiders had a poll on the Athletic, talking basically talking about the best and worst owners in the NBA. Um, guy like Steve Ballmer and and Mark Cuban were on there as some of the best. Dan Gilbert was on the opposite end of that spectrum. He ranked as the fifth worst owner in the NBA. Um, he was in order. It was Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Kings, as the worst. Robert Sarver as the second worst of the Suns, Dolan of the Knicks third, and Josh Harris of the 76ers fourth, Dan Gilbert at fifth. Dan, I guess we can start with you on this one. Is is Dan Gilbert, I, and I, I understand, you know, there's, there's good and there's bad about Dan Gilbert, without a, a question, but is he the fifth worst owner in basketball? Are you saying that, that he should be ranked better? I think he should be better than the fifth worst. Like, I, again, I think, like, there are some bad moments in there. But, like, as of right now, like, LeBron's not here. Like, I am fine with having him as the owner of this team. Yeah, I'm not going to grill. I, I think it's – I don't think it's, like, horrendously awful. I'd say maybe bottom ten just because he has uh, kind of stuck his head in too much at times. But – um, and every time I talk or think of Dan Gilbert, I always just think of like when Stu Gotts talks to Dan Levitard when he says like Dan, and then he goes into his tangents. But um, it, it's I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't like a lot of people completely hate Gilbert. I don't really hate him. He's he spent so much for the Cavs, and it, I don't know for a team that has suffered or just been so down when LeBron hasn't been here. I can't really grill him. It's not like he hasn't given them the green light to do other stuff, but Kobe Altman would just rather not be in the tax, which I get too. But yeah, I'm not going to grill Gilbert here. It's, is he a, like, is he Steve Ballmer? No, but I don't know. he's, he's open the, I guess, well, people don't really have checkbooks anymore, but open that up as much as has been needed. So, um, and I, don't know, I hope medically he's doing fine too, but I, I'm not going to grill him for this. I'd say it's, uh, I don't know, like bottom 10 is probably reasonable, but I, I don't know. I'm not a complete Gilbert hater. I don't know. Like, I just think the willingness to spend and just... That matters a ton. Yeah, that matters quite a bit. I, like I said, I, I don't think it, he deserves to be in the same kind of grouping as as Dolan and Sarver and Renadive. Yeah, um, Robbie, where, where are your thoughts here? The Knicks owner isn't the worst. I, I I would really like to know who they asked here because how is James Dolan not the worst owner in the NBA? I mean, to be in that city and not produce a winning team, I mean, for as long as we've been alive for the most part, like, 
how, how is he not the worst owner? He's in. He has all the tools to succeed. He has the money, the location, and the fact that he isn't the worst owner is kind of remarkable to me. But uh, yeah, and 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 I think you guys hit on it too. His willingness to spend money, especially when. We were we were in that uh, four straight trips to the finals, and he seemed to sign off on whatever signing, whatever trade. He was literally pushing all his chips to the middle and saying, "We're going for it," and it produced a title. And for that, I'm very thankful for it that we got to see that. But now, I mean, he does kind of stick his nose in when it doesn't always need to be. He spends the money, so that's good. I don't think he's bottom five. He I, Like, I would probably say, yeah, bottom ten maybe. But I can't really knock the guy all that much because of what he did and his willingness to spend money is to where you see in the same city you have a team that is literally slashing its money by the day and the fact that you have someone in this town that isn't a flashy city you're not a new york you're not a miami and the fact that you have a guy that's willing to do that is really good but there is also some negative to that like you guys hit on that yeah it kind of evens out and he's not the best but he's certainly far from the worst like i don't understand how like tillman fertita isn't even in like the top i like he received votes but he's not ranked here as far as the worst owners like tillman fertita of the houston rockets would not let the the rockets enter luxury tax for any reason during, like, the prime years of the James Harden, Chris Paul, you know, teams. They actively made moves that made their team worse during their title-chasing years because Tillman Fertitta wouldn't pay luxury tax. Yeah, I I don't get it for that. I mean, you're just asking for James to, you know, have his jersey retired every trip club he could go to, so <laughs> at that point... All right, well, before we get out of here, anything you guys have to get off your chest from either of you? No, I think I got all it off uh, throughout this uh, show. Uh, nothing uh, yet that's got me too uh, hot yet, so I'm sure that'll not be the same once this season starts and we see some things uh, tipping off. Yeah, that's... I'm trying to... I, I guess just thanks, Matt Mooney, for your for your service. <laughs> well, here's something, Dan. This is actually this is breaking news from Shams 13 minutes ago. Not Cavs news, but um, former potential Cavs free agent target. Oh God! <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist was waived by the Knicks back on the market. Give him a Norvell Pell deal. Get him in Canton. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I still can't believe he went. What did he go second overall? Second overall. Yep. Yeah. How did that man? I mean, geez, good for him. He tricked someone into spending a second overall pick on him. Good for him. He got some money for a few years, but holy cow! Yeah, that that MKG jumper is just God. That's that's ugly. Is yeah. Uh, maybe you know what? he should probably do what Tristan did in changing his shooting hand. Maybe he could do that. It, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I mean he already you... shoots his ball on that side of the head. Just switch your hands. Yeah. That I... might help him. You might have just unlocked the secret to flipping his entire basketball uh, career career around. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not much else to say there, but I mean, if you get waived by the Knicks, that's. That's like the ultimate sign that you should not be playing in this league if you get waived by the Knicks at this point. Yeah, maybe, I guess maybe, like, go work with David Blatt, I guess. Right, yeah. All right, well, thanks as always, Dan, for hopping on. Uh, thank you, Robbie, for coming on as well. Enjoyed having you here. Yes, thanks for um, having me. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks again, uh, Justin. Thanks, Robbie, um, for coming on with us. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, this was a lot of yeah. fun, guys. 
Appreciate both of you guys. Appreciate everybody who listened. Um, if you enjoyed, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Uh, go back and listen to some other episodes. There are 44 others to listen to at this point, so you got plenty to catch up on. Um, leave a good rating, leave a review, uh, anything, any constructive criticism, any feedback. Um, we're open to it here, so yeah, we'll see you again soon. Later. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.